0: On this episode, we'll be joined by Rob Elsholtz and Daniel Yu from RDW Wealth. Rob and Daniel previously did an episode covering fixed income securities, so they're back to discuss equity securities. If you're a fan of the show or would like notifications on future episodes, please hit the subscribe button. Thank you.
1: Welcome to the Inside in Indian Country podcast, your premier source of accounting and business discussions affecting Indian country. Presented by... R-E-D-W.
0: All right. Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Rob Elsholtz. I'm Senior Investment Manager with REDW Wealth. And joining me today is our Chief Investment Officer, uh, Mr. Daniel Yu. Uh, we, we had a successful episode uh, earlier this year covering uh, bond investing, and we were asked to come back and talk about uh, the equity securities in the market. So basically the stock market, so we were we were very honored to come back and do so, um, and thank you again. Thank you for taking the time to do so. We appreciate the uh, the opportunity to to take a few minutes of your day. Um, the equity markets or stock markets in twenty twenty one and last year as well in twenty twenty. Uh, Daniel, I think we could both agree have been um, interesting uh, to say the oh, least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so hopefully everybody enjoys uh, the the podcast gets some information out of it. Um, we, are, we are here as a resource. So um, we're just going to dive right in. So our first question really comes around here, Daniel, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to trigger this one to you Is uh, so what is an equity security?
1: Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, everybody, for, for listening in. Um, you know, we talked about last time uh, when you uh, are owning a bond or fixed income security, you are loaning. Now we're going to talk to the other side. When, you, when you're an equity, you are an owner. Um, so an equity security is really just the partial ownership of the equity or the part of the company that's not taken up by debt. Uh, so let me just give you an example. You've got a relative and they're going to open up the business. Um, they need $1,000 worth of equipment. Now they've saved $500 and they've come to you uh, looking for the other five. So you've got three options, really. Uh, you can just gift them $500. I mean, you know, you're know, you just your relative. So you can just say, here's 500. There you go. Uh, you could loan them $500. And just for ease of, of the talk, let's say that you're going to uh, loan them 5% per year for two years. Uh, then... Um, so over the course of that two years, your relative is going to pay you twenty-five dollars each year for two years, and then at the end of two years, they're gonna pay you five hundred dollars back. So you've made fifty dollars and you got you five hundred back. So you've made ten percent over two years, right? Five percent a year. Or you could become an equity owner. You really believe that your relative is going to just have a an incredible business. And so you say, Listen, I want to join you. I'm gonna front you some of the money, I'm gonna be a part owner. Uh, so as an equity owner, you're now a shareholder in the new company, which means that you are part owner of the profits of the company. So if this relative is successful, you benefit from being uh, a part owner of the profits for years to come. If not, then you lose everything, you know, that that's a potential risk. So this is the kind of risk we're talking about that happens every day in the small businesses across our country. You know, you get up, you, uh, you work hard, you, um, uh, run your company and, um, and, and you, you do well. And sometimes you don't do well. Um, and this is just one expression of being part of the community where we're all working together to make our lives better because, you know, we're, we're opening businesses and we're doing things to, to be a benefit to one another. Um, so let's take things out a step because, you know, I was talking about small businesses. We'll talk about equities now, but, and it's hard equity investing is to be a part owner of a firm's future profits. So if we're talking Apple or Amazon or Exxon or anything, um, you're, you're a part owner in their future profitability. So in the equity markets, investors are buying and selling their ownership um, in different companies every day, You know, every day, every two minutes kind of thing. Somebody is buying and somebody is selling. So you might do it directly, like when you own a stock, you own some Apple, you own some Amazon, or something. Or you might do it when you own a vehicle, like a mutual fund, where money is being pooled, pooled, and investment decisions, buying and sell decisions, are being made. And so you're you're bundling your ownership with others. In either case, you know, regardless, each investor has to make a choices about what they uh, expect about the future earnings and how much they want to pay for those future earnings. And, um, and, and because we've got the freedom to choose because you could buy this security or that security, you could buy Apple, you could buy Tesla, you could, you know, buy, uh, uh, some other company, you know, Ralph Lauren, um, you could, you you're, you're you could be buying a stock, you'd be buying a bond, right? All these assets are therefore in competition with each other. And so you're always seeking, uh, what to benefit for you. Um, so. Well, Rob, you know, as we're looking at this year, what are we kind of thinking in, in terms of uh, equity investing?
0: That's a great question. It's a loaded question, but a great question. Uh, we get this a lot of uh, where 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 we see the next the next year. Um, so, I'm, fair disclosure, my crystal ball is hazy. So, I'm just going to say that right off the bat. Um, but there are some things that are out there that we're just we're clearly looking ahead at. Uh, we are seeing. Uh, some definite volatility, which means there's going to be some some downs and some ups along the way. Uh, the demand side of the economy uh, with, the, with the close that we did have last year, it forced us into a recession. And typically, you don't go back to back recessions. So we see a big pullback in the market, a big pullback in the economy. Uh, so we, we should see some upward growth through the rest of the year. But with, with the caveat that we should see, we're going to see some some bumpiness along the way. Uh, valuation so the value of the com- value of companies the traditional way we look is is looking at the price of the of the stock divided by the earnings you hear this maybe here referred to as a pe ratio we are at we're at highs so uh, we're at 20 we we're, we're at 25 years highs of on an average price to earnings ratio so it doesn't mean that just because it's expensive that the market's going to drop right away we can look back towards uh let's say the, the late 90s where Price to earnings ratios were very high and they ran for about four years. So we don't necessarily think there's going to be a huge pullback in the market for a long sustained period because of the demand side of the economy is just so pent up. However, we should see some movement. Uh, It will be bumpy along the way. Anything you want to add to that, Daniel, at all? or?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, what wh- one of the other fears out there is, um, we've, we've heard inflation come up and what that might do. And, um, you know, I- inflation, if it's contained, you know, more controlled, that actually tends to be a benefit for stocks versus other securities. In other words, they may not necessarily go up a whole lot, but they go down less. Um, in in times of fear, um, you know we we have uh, precious metals as 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 things that people look at when you have inflation. So yeah, I, I completely agree. We're, we're um, volatility um, is something that people should expect um, because, like you said, Rob, uh, no one's crystal ball is really all that great. So. Um, you know, decisions are being made every day as to what we think future earnings are going to be like. So um, I think also then there's also what's going on in, in international markets. I mean, the U S economy is, is plugged in with just about every other nation out there. So um, how other nations open or don't open, how much buying and selling they do with us, that's all a factor in there. So it, it yeah. does become complicated after bit.
0: Well, and that kind of leads into our our next our next discussion point. Really, is is it's a question that we I know we both get quite a bit. Uh, should you have more Should you have more equity securities over a fixed income
1: security? Yeah, that yeah, we get that question a lot, don't we? Loaded um, question. Loaded question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely I think the answer really gets down to what investment return, um, you want or need and your timeframe, um, six things come securities bonds. Uh, they have a higher claim on the assets of a firm than the shareholders or stockholders, right? Um, so there's a tendency for bonds and stocks. They don't necessarily move in lockstep, um, together. And then, and there's a whole variety of other bonds out there that, you know municipal bonds or or mortgage backed securities you know that um, don't have a really good analog to to equities right so um, on the whole the tendencies act is that bonds and stocks uh, n- don't move really closely to each other and and but they both tend to have average positive returns now stocks have an average positive return that's uh, higher uh, because you're taking on more risk um but they, they also have higher volatility, right? So what that means for you as an investor is that when you have a mix of stocks and bonds, that combination, you can lower some of the volatility of the overall portfolio of the assets you own. So any one piece of your portfolio can be going you know, up or down, or you, know, you might say it's going crazy on any given day, but the portfolio as a whole moves a lot smoother. Um, so a great deal of our work is to find that right mix of investments for clients uh, to address their return needs and the amount of volatility that they're willing to take. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and your needs change over time, you know, your family circumstances might change, your health might change. And then, of course, you know, just over time, we just get older. And so our attitudes change um, about risk and volatility. So, um, yeah, as an example, some investors are really fearful when they start to invest because it's just, it's new. It's just, they, they've never done this before. And then over time they start to tolerate more risk because they, they, they learn, they begin to understand. Um, and so they, they, they are able to take on more risk for others. It's exactly the opposite as they go on. They want to not put so much to risk because they've got plans for this money. They've got, they've got definite goals they want to reach. And you know, so it's it's uh, for everybody. It's different, and so all these different things come together in terms of what people are willing to pay for any given security. Um, you know, so so Rob, with that, um, are there other factors you can think of, and and does it does it make sense to hire someone to re- to review your investments?
0: You know, it, it's you know that's a that's a great question and great great questions there. Um, there are quite a few factors that that go into to managing an overall portfolio. Um. The, you know our the goal of and our, our goals with our clients we want to make sure that our clients are taken care of and making sure we're getting the, we're taking we're getting the maximum amount of return we can for the amount of risk we're going to take and there's a lot of factors that go into that and each client's different to your point. should you hire someone to review your investments absolutely having somebody to take an outside look that's an independent look and and really be cognizant of who you're hiring. Um, make sure you hire a fiduciary. They have, they're required, and they're willing to put it in writing that that they're going to put your best interest ahead of their own. And when they come to you doing a full analysis of your investments, um, that they can provide that to you with without any without having any conflicts of interest. If there's a remote hint, there's a conflict. There's a conflict. So having a, a, a conflict free type of review. Um, where someone can really look at your portfolio and give you an honest opinion of where things are at and where they think things are going to meet their goals is very important. Um, But you need to be careful because there are a lot of folks out there who say they're an advisor. It's a loose term you can use. Oh, I'm an advisor. You want to make sure that they're going to put it in writing that they're a fiduciary to put your best interest first. Well, in in closing, we, we appreciate you taking the time today. We uh, covered some of those topics there of really equity securities. If you have questions, contact RDW. Contact RDW Wealth uh, Daniel or myself. We're very happy to to do a Zoom call, a phone call, or meet in person to to review your portfolio or talk or discuss what's going on in the economy, markets, and what's best for you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening. We hope this time has benefited you. For more information or to connect, please visit REDW.com.